and you're listening to Feed That Nation. Today I'm going to be diving into a topic that I get asked a lot of questions about, eating healthy. In my undergrad, where I studied nutrition and dietetics, I worked in a few different jobs where it was a part of my responsibilities to create educational content and present it to others. Working at the Madison Scouts, as I talked about in one of my recent episodes, one of my favorite parts of that job was getting to talk about nutrition and wellness with individual students and to the whole group. I had a ton of amazing conversations and I feel like I learned almost as much from the students as I really hope they did from me. Outside of jobs that I've had, it seems as though wherever I go, people who find out my area of study are always wanting to ask questions and talk about it. At the dentist's office, at swing dancing, on the bus, family members, complete strangers, the list goes on. And I love getting to talk about nutrition with curious people. Granted, it can be a little strange when the dentist is giving you an exam with his hand in your mouth while simultaneously asking you about glycogen storage. True story, I swear. But overall, I've had so many awesome conversations over the last couple of years about nutrition and health with a huge variety of people. When people are asking me about nutrition and health, usually they want information about their own health, and one of the most common questions I've gotten is, where do I start? People want to get healthy. They want to be healthier than they are. They might have specific goals in mind in terms of body size or physical fitness, but they wanna know, where do I start so that I can get to where I want to be? And as a future clinician and somebody who knows a decent amount about nutrition right now, it's tough to be able to give people a good answer for that for a couple of different reasons. The first reason is that the starting line is going to be different for different people. Every single person is at a different place in their health and wellness. So say if someone is at the Mountain Dew and video games all day stage of their life, their starting line might not necessarily be sunrise yoga and kale smoothies. They might be at the less Mountain Dew, more water, less video games, more time outdoors starting line. And that's tough. Subconsciously, a lot of people want the easy answers. They want a quick fix, but health doesn't work that way. Health isn't like pulling an all-nighter to get an A on a test. You can't cram for nutrition like you can cram for a final. The reality is, it takes a lot of time to build negative habits, so it may take a lot of time, consistency, and dedication to rebuild those habits into positive ones. Because a sustainable, healthful lifestyle requires having positive lifestyle habits. Though people usually know that health isn't like that, it's still pretty common to wish for a magic answer something that will work instantaneously but require little effort. And a lot of fad diets, supplements, and weight loss gimmicks play right into that fantasy. Their marketing experts have framed their products to look like something that just works, to look like the magic answer to whatever problem they claim they can solve. But I digress. So how do you find your starting line? If someone is wanting advice, I'll usually first ask them what their goals are and this will depend on the person. Some people know exactly where they wanna be and some people have a more vague idea. Some people want to eat better, some people have a goal of eating X number of servings of fruits and vegetables. Some people might have a vague weight goal. They might want to lose or gain weight. They might know that they want to be at a specific body weight or lose X number of pounds or gain X number of pounds. Um, It really depends, but knowing where someone's goals are makes it easier for me to 
decide what information they might want to know. Then I'll ask them what they think their most positive health habits are. And the purpose of this is really twofold. Um, I'm sort of measuring their knowledge of health. I'm measuring what they may know or may not know about health. I'm also trying to get them to relax a little bit. Um, usually when people are talking about their health, it can be really vulnerable. They might be nervous. And even though like I'm a student, I'm not um, a clinical professional, so there are definitely limits to what I can say. You know, I'm limited to giving more general advice, asking lots of questions, giving information that they can use. Um, when someone is telling me what they think their most positive habits are, it gives me an opportunity to validate them. Um, maybe someone is really good at getting eight hours of sleep every night. Maybe someone is really good at drinking enough water during the day. Those are awesome. And that means that if they're already doing that and doing that well, then we can build on it. Or I might steer them in a different direction uh, towards other things that might be useful for them to achieve their goal. Next, I'll ask people what they think their most negative health habits are. And this is where I start to gauge what people may want to work on. Um, usually they'll tell me something like, I drink too much soda, or I don't get enough exercise. Um, they might not get enough sleep at night. They might eat a lot of uh, candy or sugar, sugary treats or, you know, things like that. And I might then ask if this negative habit is what they want to focus on. And usually the answer is yes. Um, I'll give an example from a student I had a conversation with a couple of years ago. Um, he had a goal of getting more fit, eating better, losing a little bit of weight. He was a bit overweight. And he said, he gave me some things that he was really good at, and that was really awesome. You know, he had a good foundation. And then he said one of his negative habits was that he and his friends would go out to fast food restaurants a lot and eat out, and he knew he was not making good choices while eating out. Um, and this was something that he wanted to work on but didn't know how to make um, more nutritious choices at fast food restaurants. So that was a really good place for us to start. So our starting line for him was that if he's going out to eat, let's say three times a week, um, he was going to choose water to drink and choose either a fruit or vegetable to eat with his meal at least two of those three times that he was going out. And we talked about... Um, the health benefits of eating fruits and vegetables, the benefits of drinking water versus drinking soda. Um, I suggested to him also that when he chooses soda or when he chooses french fries, he choose a smaller size of soda or a smaller fry. You know, fill the cup up with ice before you put the soda in. Um, just things like that to really to tweak what he's already doing to make it work for him rather than to just say, oh, well, stop going to fast food restaurants. You know, that might be another step that he would have wanted to take later, maybe choosing not to go out as often, but I think food is a really important social tool too. So I couldn't just say to him, you know, well, don't go out with your friends anymore. That's not healthy because, you know, A, he probably wouldn't have been very receptive to that information, but B, like, it wouldn't have been very fun. I'm going to go back to an idea that I kind of brushed on earlier, but that's this idea of building a sustainable, healthful lifestyle. So that means whatever choices that you're making to get you closer to your health goal should contribute to this idea that the lifestyle that you eventually want to live 
the, the level of health that you eventually want to be at should be sustainable. So let's say that one of your goals is to be more physically active. And the way you choose to do that is you have decided that you're going to run five miles every single day. Well, how sustainable is that for you? Are you really going to be able to run five miles every single day? What if you've never run more than two miles before? What if you live in, I don't know, Minnesota, where it's currently snowing in October? What if you have an incredibly busy schedule that doesn't allow you to run during daylight hours when it's safe? Or what if the gym with the treadmill that you like to run on is 20 minutes away from you? Are, are we seeing where I'm going with this? I hope so. Another place uh, where I like to encourage people to think about sustainability in their lifestyle is when people have a specific weight loss goal in mind. So let's say that someone wants to lose 30 pounds. You know, if this is something that's going to benefit their health, you know, losing the weight, then that's not necessarily a bad thing. But specifically focusing on the number on the scale as sort of your goal isn't sustainable necessarily because... Maybe you're working out five times a week and really restricting, restricting your calories specifically so that you can get to this weight goal. Well, when you get there, when you get to that weight goal, what are you going to do? Are you going to go right back to what you were doing before? Even though those previously negative habits might have been what caused the weight gain in the first place or prevented the weight loss in the first place? And this is tricky, and it's not necessarily something that I think I'm an expert at even. I wouldn't call myself an expert at all. I'm uh, not licensed or registered anywhere. I'm just a well-informed student, um, as I like to tell people. But I love this idea of building a sustainable, healthful lifestyle through adopting and building up positive lifestyle habits. And I think this is really one of the biggest keys to success when you're thinking about where you want to start and where you want to end up is how can you get there in ways that are going to be realistic, positive for you and your own lifestyle and something that you're really able to keep doing and keep building on and keep improving on. When I used to present to the scouts, I would present this idea of seven steps to making positive change and it's just something I came up with a way to articulate um, all the things that might stand in the way of making a positive change and the ways to overcome that in a language that's really understandable and realistic for my audience which at the time was teenagers aged 15 to 21 mostly male um I'll say this, and any scouts who are listening, please don't hate on me, but mostly fairly uninformed about health and nutrition. A lot of them were music majors or music performance majors or music ed. So I wanted to make this as realistic, understandable, simple as possible when I was coming up with a way to describe how to build positive change. So the first step in that is to identify the negative habit. So the negative thing in your life that you want to change. So using the example from earlier, maybe that negative habit is not working out, not getting enough physical physical activity. 
The second step is to identify the alternative or positive habits. So this is pretty self-explanatory. This one might be to get more physical activity. Um, and I'd say really make this one specific. So maybe this alternative habit is instead of working out zero times a week, maybe you want to work out three times a week. And maybe you really want to run as your physical activity. You've decided instead of working out zero times per week, you're gonna go running three times a week. The third step is to identify the steps you'll need to take to build that habit. Like I said before, it takes a long time to build negative habits, so it takes a long time to build positive habits or to change negative habits into positive habits. So the first step, or the steps you might need to take to get to this goal of running three times per week is maybe you just have to go running once or twice a week to start or start walking, building yourself up to running um, and kind of outline how you're gonna get there. The fourth step of this um, sequence is to actually take the first step. So once you've decided your alternative positive habit and identified the steps that you're gonna take to get there, you actually have to get started. And getting started, the sooner the better is always the best way to go. You know, if you've decided you wanna start running, well, why not go running that day? Run tomorrow, run, you know, on the weekend, as soon as you realistically can. The fifth step is something I built in for a number of reasons, one of which was to kind of build community among the scouts, but really it could be for anybody who's setting a goal and is unsure about reaching it and is wanting some support. And that step is to find places or people to keep you accountable. So maybe you've told a friend about your goal and your running schedule and they're gonna text you and just check up on you, make sure you're doing it. Maybe you've made a physical activity goal where you want to build your upper body strength and your core strength. So you have a friend that you're gonna FaceTime a couple times a week and you're gonna have a planking contest over the phone. You know, whatever the case may be, just find Find a way to hold yourself accountable. Maybe accountability for you is you're going to sign up for a class at a gym and pay money for it, and you having paid money for it is what's going to keep you accountable to going every week. I don't know. Whatever is going to work for you, whatever is going to be positive for you in keeping that accountability. Sixth step is persistence. It can be really difficult to keep working towards a goal especially when things get hard, especially when things aren't as smooth sailing as you maybe originally thought they were going to be. You know, you might accidentally skip a day of working out. If your goal is to drink less soda, maybe you drank three sodas in two days and that's really not what you were trying to do. But persistence, you've got to keep trying and keep going. Keep putting yourself back on track. The seventh step is to evaluate. So thinking about... How's it going? How is it going working towards my goal? Have I reached my goal? Did I reach it sooner than I thought? And maybe I should set a new goal. Maybe I've been running three times a week and it's been going so great that now I run to run five times a week. Maybe I want to run and lift weights three times a week, you know? Or it could be the other way around. Maybe you've been trying to run three times a week and you're just not getting there and not getting there. Maybe you've discovered you hate running Maybe you live in Minnesota and running outside three times a week just is not realistic for you in the weather. And so 
that doesn't mean you failed. It just means that you've encountered a roadblock and it'll be easier for you to meet your goal if you make an adjustment. So instead of running three times a week, maybe you find a really great cardio workout on YouTube and you're going to do that three times a week instead. Or maybe instead of running outside, you're going to run on the track at your nearest gym or fitness center. Maybe you've just decided you really don't like cardio as much as you like lifting weights and you're going to do half cardio, half lifting weights and that'll be your workout. You know, maybe you'd rather play soccer than go running. And that's okay, you know. There are lots of different ways to achieve goals, especially with physical fitness. There are so many options, but it's okay to recognize when a goal that you've set isn't what you thought it was going to be and there's going to be another way to get there that's going to be equally as healthful, but a lot more pleasant or realistic to achieve. Going back to this idea of the nutrition, the wellness starting line. So where do I start? There are so many, I don't want to say simple because for some people they're not simple, but there are a lot of uncomplicated ways to improve health. That might seem obvious, but might not seem obvious. So I'm going to go through just a couple. Um, I keep going back to this, but physical activity. Getting physical activity three to five times a week. I think the recommendation is like 150 minutes per week of moderate physical activity. Um, is such a great way to improve cardiovascular health, um, manage weight if that's a goal, um, just stay healthy in general, build muscle strength and endurance um, improve mental health. Um, exercise is great. Exercise is a really good tool to manage mental health. Exercise can contribute to getting enough sleep and sleeping better. So anyone who's really not sure where to start, um, physical activity is a great um, thing to think about. Um, I'll add to that, I keep mentioning getting enough sleep. Sleep is where the body repairs, rests, and restores from the day before. So getting enough sleep is always important. It helps with muscle recovery. It helps with mental health. It helps with cognitive ability. So your ability to think and process, it just, it literally helps with everything. So why not make getting eight hours of sleep every night a goal and a priority? Drink enough water. Uh, I think the rec drink enough water, the recommendation is at least 64 fluid ounces or half a gallon of water every day. And I'll admit, I don't always drink enough water, but I always feel better when I do. It's great for your health. It's good for your kidneys. It's your body is something like two thirds water. So you really do need water for everything your body does. It helps to conduct electrical currents. So when your muscles are contracting, when your heart is beating, Water is a huge part of that. As far as nutrition goes, there are so many different things that people can do to improve their nutrition. I won't go through all of them, but some things I usually suggest to people in terms of starting is make sure you're eating enough fruits and vegetables and building your way towards eating that goal of five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. For someone who is starting at zero servings of fruits and vegetables today, it, it might not be possible or realistic for you to go from zero to five, so why not start and go to two, and then three, and then four, and then five? Fruits and vegetables have tons of vitamins and minerals, are super nutritious, fiber, great for digestive health. Um, it's usually why I recommend it as just something for people to start with, because 
it can just improve and benefit you in so many ways. I also sometimes suggest to people think about how many sugar-sweetened beverages that you're consuming. So that's your sodas, your sugary coffee drinks, um, mixed drinks like alcohol. Think about how many of those you're consuming every day compared to how much water you're, you're drinking. Think about um, how many servings of chips and cookies and candy that you're eating every day con- compared to how many servings of fruits and vegetables, you know. Start working towards more of the nutritious, healthy stuff and less of the stuff that provides you with sugar and fun and salt but doesn't provide you with nutrients. For people who already have a pretty good foundation of habits, I might suggest making sure that half of their servings of grains and starches are whole grains. So that'd be whole grain pasta, um, whole grain bread, uh, brown rice as opposed to white rice, uh, popcorn is a whole grain. Um, And that's really just making sure you're getting enough fiber and a lot of vitamins and minerals are found in those products. Eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, so getting three square meals a day is always important. Getting yourself on a really consistent meal plan can be really beneficial in terms of uh, building health. And those are just the ones that I can think of, the ones that people are usually wanting to know about that I might suggest or give them information about if they're wanting to know more about being healthy. Another question I get a lot, um, somewhat on the vein of where do I start, is people want to know if there are foods that they should never eat, if there are bad foods, or on the flip side, if there are foods that they should eat every single day, foods that they should always eat for health. And I think this goes along the lines of people wanting that quick fix, that magic answer. You know, they want just to be given this list of, okay, eat these foods and you'll be healthy and have a six pack and it'll be great and avoid these foods and you'll never be sick again and you'll love your body. And again, this is so subconscious. A lot of people don't realize that this is what they're seeking, but when they're asking these questions, that's really what they're wanting. They're wanting that magic. They're wanting the quick fix. And I'm a firm believer of everything in moderation. Um, You know, unless you're genuinely allergic to or intolerant of a specific food, I think there are ways to fit pretty much any food into a balanced uh, diet and eating lifestyle. People want to know, well, what is moderation? And again, this is so dependent on the person's individual health at the time, what their goals are, and so many other things. But generally, I'll frame it sort of like this. It's okay to eat like it's your birthday on your birthday, but you shouldn't be eating like it's your birthday every day. You know, it's okay to drink like it's a Friday night on a Friday night, but you shouldn't be drinking like it's Friday night every night. And this may not be the perfect way to describe things. You know, I am still a student. I'm still learning. This is just the way that I understand moderation and health and nutrition, but I think framing it in terms of Eat like it's once a week, once a week. You know, eat like it's once a year, once a year. You know, eat like it's Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving, but don't eat like it's Thanksgiving every day. And giving it this spin as well. It's okay to have a day where you don't eat that many fruits and vegetables, where you maybe drink a lot of soda, where, you know, your nutrition just isn't where you want it to be. It's okay to have a day like that, you know. It's not going to 
hurt you long term to have a day like that once in a while. But it's when you start having those days every single day that those uh, negative health habits start to get built. You know, if you have just days and days and days in a row where you don't eat fruits and vegetables, that is where it can start to impact your health. I hope you've enjoyed listening. I had a really fun time making this podcast and talking about the nutrition starting line. Um, I love the conversations that I get to have with people about nutrition, and I love the curiosity that I always find when people are asking questions and wanting to know more. I'm looking forward to the day, um, hopefully two years from now, when I am a registered dietitian and hopefully working in a field that lets me keep educating people in a more professional sense. So for now, remember that I am a student. Take what I say with a grain of salt. I am not a licensed professional. If you have genuine questions about your health or nutrition, I would encourage you to seek out a licensed professional, but never stop asking questions and doing your own research and being curious. I think that's where all of this really starts is people being curious, and I love that. If you've enjoyed what you heard, please go ahead and give me a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever your listening platform is. I love reading the reviews um, and seeing what you guys think. Go ahead and subscribe so that you get a notification whenever I post a new episode. You can follow me on Instagram. I am at FeedThatNation, and my blog is FeedThatNation.com, where you'll find my podcast, my adventures, my blogging and recipes, and more recently, my photography. Until next time, my name is Natalie Nation, and you're listening to Feed That Nation. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon.